Welcome to the Fred Dojo Podcast, the place where pro guitar players share their secrets. Visit www.freddojo.com to access online courses and free resources to take your guitar playing to the next level. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Greg O'Rourke here, founder and CEO of FretDojo.com, which is all about helping you get your guitar playing to the next level. In today's podcast, I'm sharing with you a fantastic session where my good friend Carl Orr interviews Nigel Price, one of the hottest jazz guitarists in the UK scene. Nigel Price has a career spanning more than 25 years and has become widely acknowledged as one of the hardest working musicians in the business. Starting his professional career after a spell in the British infantry in his early 20s, Nigel toured Europe with various reggae and funk bands before settling on a solo career and turning his attention to jazz. With early influences that include Wes Montgomery, Joe Pass, John McLaughlin and the Mahavishnu Orchestra, Nigel honed his craft by attending gigs and sitting in with the players of the time. Nigel has played on more than 50 albums, including seven as a leader, spent 10 years with acid jazz outfit The Filthy Six, was a member of James Taylor's band JTQ for three years, and has performed with the legendary David Axelrod. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview where Nigel shares some real nuggets of wisdom when it comes to not only improving your skills as a jazz guitarist, but also some great insights about what it's like to be on the road as a working musician and some skillful ways that he's found to balance the demands of his musical career and his family life too. Okay, let's get into the show with Carl Orr interviewing the fabulous Nigel Price. Great to see you, Nigel. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Carl. Great to see you too. It's it's great to see another human being. I haven't seen one in in about three months. I've forgotten what they look like. Yeah, yeah, they look like this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, great, Nigel. So, um, uh, I just get some sort of really basic questions into to um, create a bit of a context. So, um, where where were you born? I was born. Um, it, it, it's funny you should ask that actually. Because uh, um, mm-hmm. I was actually there yesterday. Uh, uh-huh. uh, what day is it? Yeah, um, we went to East Molesey, which is which is near Hampton Court. Um, oh, nice! And uh, yeah, uh, so I haven't got very far. That's only about seven miles away from where I live now. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, I was born in the floods um, on the sofa. Um, oh, yeah. Although I, I mean, well, because I couldn't get out of the house. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't remember, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, and I've been a bedwetter ever since. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay, so you were you were born in East Molesey. Yeah. West, uh, it's, it's West London, basically. West London, yeah, near the river, yeah. I'm assuming. That's right, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, beautiful part of the world, actually. It is. So, yeah, and how old were you when you started playing the guitar? I was 11. I was 11 years old. I remember okay. it quite well. And what what was it that um, attracted you to music and and particular the guitar? You know what? It was just the social scene. It it, it was nothing else. There was I I had I had a really great bunch of mates at uh, at school, and one of them had a drum kit. He was bought a drum kit for Christmas, and uh, we said, "Let's form a band. It'll be amazing." Um, so <laughs> everyone just picked an instrument. We, we just we just stood there wow. in the in the playground and. Uh, 
you know, someone had a keyboard at home and I just said, oh, I'll play the guitar. So that was it. It was just, yeah. it was just, you know, I just picked one of the instruments that hadn't been taken already. So that was it, really. And I got straight into it immediately, you know, like practicing like band rehearsals around at my mate's house on a on a Sunday afternoon. It's, I mean, it was terrible. We had, we, yeah. yeah, we had we had the guy on the drum kit who was actually quite good, and then uh, another guy on a boys brigade, uh, boys brigade snare drum, someone on a mouth organ, right. um, someone else, someone else <laughs> on one of those Bon Tempe air powered, <laughs> you know, you know those air powered organs. Like if if you hold down all the keys, it's oh yeah. If you hold, uh, is that called a reed? Organ? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and it, yeah, it had a fan. Yeah, that's in right. It blew the. <laughs> and if you if you held down all the keys, it stopped working. You went ha oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was terrible, and, I, and it was me just making making stuff up on, on the guitar. And it's uh, like after four hours of rehearsal, his, his mum used to come in and said, "Right, that's enough. Get out." <laughs> it was terrible, <laughs> but it was always about the social scene, really. It's Excellent, never about anything else. And um, that was a rock band, I take. Oh, it, 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 was it? Uh, I don't think you could have classified the music, to be honest. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this, this was pre pre music classification. It was um, so it was sort of a bit like Captain Beefheart or something. It wasn't even that. Uh, no, I mean, it was just <laughs> it was it was primal. You know, <laughs> we may as well have been banging on logs. You know. <laughs> okay, so what what did you listen to when you were a kid that that turned you onto music? Well, I guess. Like a lot of other kids, my dad had a record collection, um, and there was a fairly uh, broad mix of stuff. Not not much jazz at all, really. I mean, I'd, I'd, uh, I think the closest um, closest we had was uh, a bit Sidney Bechet, which which I never really listened to actually, or a bit of Alka Bilk, uh, Stranger on the Shore. Yeah. Uh, but then there was there was Queen, there was the Drifters, there was oh, there, of course the Beatles. There was there was the whole collection of the Beatles and a, a bit of the. Was there any Stones? I can't remember now, but a little bit of country music here and there. Um, just just whatever records were around, and old seven-inch singles as well, like the Hollies and all that sort of thing. Um, and my older brother was into music as well, and, it, and it, he, he started buying up uh, like John Lee Hooker records, Muddy Waters and all that sort of thing. He was a real mod, you know? Mm. So, uh, yeah, um, really into the rhythm and blues sort of thing. In fact, he started playing guitar first. Um and he he bought a really nice like Gibson Les Paul copy, and um, and I used to go and play it when he wasn't looking. And, uh, <laughs> so he had all the gear, and I used to I don't, I kind of I kind of got really good at it really quickly, and then he gave up because I was better than him. Mm. So uh, yeah, so that was that was pretty much the music in our in our house. And um, so were you? Ha- did you have lessons at a young age then? No, really, no, I didn't. Yeah, mm. I just. I don't know. I just, I just never really. Uh, I didn't get much support at school. Um, okay. It was it, it was it was Glynn Grammar School for boys. You know, boys' school. It was quite a high, highly regarded school. And unless you were taking piano lessons or, or whatever, then they didn't. They really didn't give you much support there. So, uh, um, yeah. I'd, but there was there was a really thriving kind of music scene. Amongst the kids in the, right. you know, at school, there's loads of ba- everyone was in a band, you know, uh, loads of different bands, and I was in about three different bands by the time I hit about sort of thirteen, fourteen, you know. Um, but no, uh, never, never really had lessons. Um, 
not until a bit later. And then, well, in fact, I think I've only had four lessons in my life. Oh. Um, in fact, it's probably about time for another one. <laughs> so <laughs> so you, you had four lessons. So what did you do to figure out the guitar as well as you have done? Well, it's it's strange, isn't it? it, it because you have to cast your mind back to a time pre-internet where there was nothing you know there was no information i mean you really had to seek it out and and every bit of information that you could find was an absolute gem you know? yeah i remember i remember buying ralph denyer's guitar handbook yeah you do, do you remember Massive that book, fact, book tell you, yeah. i think it's i think it's up there on the shelf yeah so um, you know i never get rid of these things and there was all these great diagrams and and uh like talking about different guitars john mclaughlin yeah. um and people like that and um and I just I I took every shred of information I could from that book, um, as I did with uh, every other book that I that I found. But it was all sort of recommendations, word of mouth, and that sort of thing. Mm. I remember the next book I got was that uh, was called Jazz Cording for the Rock Stroke Blues Guitarist. Oh. Um, and I think I've got that somewhere, but it's all in bits now. Yeah. <laughs> And there was some there was some great information in there too, and it, you know I really really went through the whole book. There was a friend of mine that was at um, he was studying classical guitar at Leeds uh, Leeds Leeds College uh, Leeds University I suppose I don't, I, don't, I don't know I've never been to college or university I don't know what's what. Um, and he used to sort of throw me a few tips and you know we were all just talking about guitars all the time guitars and music and there was a whole bunch of us playing guitars you know so uh, it was. You know, you go down the pub and you'd be talking about modes and chords and all that sort of thing. You know, yeah. the sort of stuff, the sort of stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it was it was just a different time. I, I think you know you really extracted as much information out of every kind of source that you possibly could. Yeah. Whereas now now it's a much more throwaway generation. You know, okay, I'll check out this YouTube video, press play. 20 seconds, I'm bored next. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, uh, but I mean, some of the stuff that's around these days, if, you, if I'd have just had one like video like that when, it, when I was starting out, it would have been incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, um, as you said, you know, um, every little scrap of information, you would, you would treasure it like gold. I, I, yeah. I remember um, trying to figure out where best to put my um, right cigarette. hand. What's that? Yeah. Put your cigarette. Yeah, there, in the headstock. Yeah, like Eric Clapton. That's yeah. right. Um, yeah, where to put my right hand. And, and all I had to refer to was like record covers and magazines. Like looked at all yeah. the record covers and where, look at, you know, where everybody, yeah. look at Jimmy Page's right hand, look at George Benson's right hand. It's like, yeah, okay, yeah. well, I'd stick my right hand there then. Yeah, roughly there. <laughs> there that'll do. Yeah, well, you know, these days you've got you've got Peter Farrell telling you how to do it, or 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 whoever, you know. And it's, everyone's got a take on it, haven't they? Yeah. But but you know, like I mean, picking for instance. Mm. Um, I mean, I didn't have a lot of money as a kid. You know, mm. I mean, I I don't want it to turn into a we lived in a we lived in a cardboard box on the motorway yeah. kind of story. But we, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, and yeah. I couldn't I couldn't really afford to buy picks. Oh God. I, um, so I used to use one piece. Like one p piece. Okay. And uh, so I got used to playing with something that was really, really hard. Yeah. You know. So, so and that's I what used... you still do. 
No, I don't because I kept breaking strings. Yeah, because the the metal on the metal, there'd be like yeah. this this like glitter left on the on the <laughs> on the guitar. You know, after a really good shredding session. So uh, no, I I use these Jim Dunlop gator grip things, but I turn it round so I use the blunt end. Oh yeah. So it's it's more like a one piece sort of thing. Big, so, big fat surface area hitting the the string, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So what was it that um, turned you on to jazz then? I don't know, man. I, I, you know, um, I remember being thrown out of a rock band when I was about fifteen because I was I was too jazzy, <laughs> and I was. <laughs> I guess I, uh, you know, there was that whole new wave of British heavy metal, the NWOHM. I don't know. They didn't like back in the eighties, and it was all there was all hairspray and long hair, and it all got a little bit silly, you know. When uh, you know Iron Maiden were cool, and I, I, you know, I even sort of knew. Um, you know, like a mate's sister was going out with a guitarist and all that. And, and in fact, uh, an old school friend of mine, in fact, the one who threw me out of the band is now Iron Maiden's photographer. <laughs> um, like seriously, I mean, he goes yeah. on flight 666. So it's, uh, they, it, it was, it felt very close and they were a really great hard band, but there was all the stuff on the peripheries, you know, it got a bit glammy and like David Lee Roth, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like that, um, I don't know. Some of it just got a bit silly. So it's, mm. uh, you know, whilst I was into things like Thin Lizzy and, and, and uh, I'd say the, the, the real sort of hard rockers and the sort of melodic rockers. Bad company. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Mm. Um, in fact, Paul Rogers as well. There's there's some link I've got around here it's, uh, mm. with him. A um, mate of mine used to play in a, in a band with his Paul Rogers' son. And yeah. I don't know. There's, there's all these little links going on and it was... All felt very real, and and of course Jimmy Page was from Epsom as well. Oh right! So he used to, he used to live just around the corner from here. Did he? And uh, yeah, and a, a mate's uh, a mate of mine's dad used to sit next to him at school, you know. Yeah. So it's all, and there's the Rains Park crew, the Jeff Becks and the Rolling Stones are from up the road in Twickenham, and so it's. I always felt like there was a, there was a real, wow, pretty intense. Yeah, I don't, there, well, there, there was a reason for it, and they, they, they kind of felt like um, a link. I mean, this is hardly like the you know. Like Delta, around here is it Mississippi, <laughs> Mississippi Delta? You know, it's 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 like the Mississippi Delta, but with quinoa. <laughs> but it's, uh, um, but yeah. I, anyway, I'm 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 going off the subject a bit. No, but, it's great. But I, I just kind of uh, realised that there was some. I mean, I always knew that there was something a bit more sophisticated going on, and and, and something that was a little that insisted less upon itself somehow. You know, a bit more modesty, and it's a bit more coolness, and um, so uh, I think the natural progression was to move across to the sort of fusion uh, and bumped into, you know, musicians like Aldi, Aldi Miola, John McLaughlin, who's I mean, I absolutely worshipped John, John McLaughlin, um, the Mahavishnu Orchestra, and all that sort of thing. It's still really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, there's some other stuff in there that really, um, that really wasn't. That's kind of you know the rock thing. In fact, I mean, I mean, take a band like Black Sabbath for instance. I mean, there, there was there was an album called Never Say Die, and there was like waltzes on there with piano and <laughs> strings and stuff like that. And it's like, wow, what's this? What's this sound? You know, mm. um, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the tunes now. So uh, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it just kind of interested me that 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 whole new uh, that world that whole new world of possibilities. And so was there a uh, did you hear a particular jazz guitar, or was it Wes Montgomery, George Benson, or 
I mean, I'll tell you what happened, really. It's, it's, I mean, I wor- as I say, I worshipped John McLaughlin. Absolutely yeah. worshipped him. And, and then in 1989, he brought out the Live at the Festival Hall album. Yeah. Uh, with Treelock Go To and yeah. Kai Eckhart. Mm. And um, I, I listened to that album, me and my mates, so I was living in Brighton at the time. We, mm. we used to listen to that album every day, yeah. literally from start to finish, sure. every single day for yeah. months and months. We knew yeah. every... I mean, we didn't really know what was going on. It was just just marvelling at the yeah. at the musicianship and uh, tunes like Florianapolis. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable with that guitar synth thing yeah. that was being used tastefully. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and uh, and he was um, he he was playing at the Festival Hall. Yeah, uh, like just six months yeah. down the road. So yeah. we went to see him. We yeah. went to see the gig with that band. Yeah, and it was like a religious experience. Yeah, it was, uh, totally blew me away. Mm. Um, that's about 1990 was it yeah i guess it was 90 mm. yeah um and uh the the original guy that i started playing with um you know the the guy with the drum kit mm. um paul soden his name was absolutely fantastic drummer we uh we uh we had like a band that was playing kind of fusion but um but none of it was written down you know it was, mm. we, we just sort of get into the get into his garage and and uh and just play and play for hours with it. And we had a violin player, we had, um, this girl who was, uh, you know, she was our Jerry Goodman. And yeah. then, you know, a great bass player who was our Jacko. And then there was me who was trying to be John McLaughlin but failing. And a great drummer. And um, I don't know, it's uh, it it was never quite what I wanted it to be, you know. Yeah. And, it's, and, and that realisation that I couldn't play like John McLaughlin, I mean, there's just no way it was ever going to happen. Mm. He was just so amazing. Mm. Um, I don't. I, I got quite down about it. I thought, man, mm. well, you know, if I could never be this good, then mm. what what future is there? And then one day I was just down at Epsom Record Collectors, and uh, I just I thought I'd move on, to, move along to the next record section. It just said Wes Montgomery, and, oh. and I thought, oh yeah, I've, I've heard of this guy. Oh. So so I picked up an album, and it was called Go. Yeah. Um, which I think was like a like a. Uh, a promo copy of sure. Mo- of Moving Wes, yeah, or, or Moving Long. That was his first do. album on Verve, wasn't it? I think that so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the one was where it... he plays like uh, the tenor guitar. Oh, yeah. So it's 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 an octave down, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, I remember which, that. Sound which like I a... didn't even, yeah, yeah I, I didn't even realise at the time. I just yeah. thought it was a big a big sound, you know. Yeah, I, rem- <laughs> I remember hearing it. My, it was I was listening to it myself. Yeah. What I, I mean, I put that album on, and and it was just it just knocked me out. Yeah. Absolutely knocked me out. And, mm. and that realisation that you can play, you can play just melody, and it doesn't have yeah. to be massively complicated but it connected mm. me it connected with me more so than anything i'd ever heard before yeah and 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 i started to hear the standards then of course yeah. tunes on the album like i don't stand a ghost of a chance with you and it's the blues sand do and what else is there mm. um well there's that great tune of his so do it on there tune up and mm. uh, and all of a sudden there's this route into oh look you know you can find out about jazz um actual like straight ahead uh, kind of jazz and and it just seemed to coincide with the the time where I was thinking I've had enough of being in a band I'm yeah. tired of the tired of the politics you know yeah. uh, and the, you know like relying on other people and I thought well if I could just get really good at this mm. then I could just go out on my own you know mm. and um and if you don't like the drummer or whatever or, or didn't get on with him you just don't play with him again or just don't do the gig next time there's no strings attached you know so I just threw myself into it, and I did a lot of practice. You know, I just figured, wow, well, it, it, 
if I could just get a really big repertoire together, mm. then uh, and and be able to play, obviously, and, and mm. be able to improvise, then maybe there was a future there. So, know? what what kind of things were you practicing then? Poor. Well, I mean, I was just emulating Wes at the time, really, and it, what, but, transcribing but, the solos. I did some of that. Did you learn to read at some point with all of uh, this? I'm still not very good at that. Oh, okay. It's, uh, you know, it's it's it, it's a shame. I never went to college or anything like that because it's, I don't. It's it's, it's always a big a big regret. But I, you know, I've tried over the years. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I can read to a. Um, uh, what sort of skill level? I'll give myself a four out of ten, maybe yeah. a five. You know, I mean, Christ, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I sometimes do the BBC Big Band, so it's, you know, I can, I can, I can just about hold my own with it. But yeah. I wouldn't say that that's that's, you know, my thing. You know, I wouldn't be happy to go in into the West End and just no. go and do that. There's, well, there's no way. Sure, okay. there's no way. So anyway, I just, I just thought I'd mention that because of the nature of the things you're saying that you were practising. But yeah. anyway, please please continue. You're saying yeah, you're sure. working out the things that Wes played. Well, um, yeah, I mean, for sure, I, I, I kind of transcribed um, solos, but I, I, I've always been um, I've always been of the belief that uh, you should have, one should have one's own thing. Yeah. You know, so I'd, I'd take like a, um, uh, like a, a lick or whatever, and I and I think why why that, why has he done that? How does that work? And I, and I go right into it and actually try and discover, well, to the best of my ability, what he might have been thinking about, and 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 try and put my own slant on it. So, mm. um, so not not playing it parrot fashion, but just just taking a concept and thinking, oh yeah, you know, perhaps I could apply this like this, and um. Mm. Like like playing a third up, like things like that. I know that's getting a bit specific. So, but, what do you uh, mean by playing a third up? Well, uh, well, you like, want to demonstrate? Uh, oh God, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got your guitar there, a beautiful looking it? instrument. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have nice things though. I keep bashing it. <laughs> what so, is that um, instrument? Uh, oh, this is my um, it's my signature model. My... Oh great! <laughs> Who's that it's, made it's, by? It's made by Fibonacci. Right. And it's uh, yes, it's a beautiful thing. It's um, God, look at it. Bro. It's yeah, I, ebony I was, I, fingerboard, maple top, maple. How do, you, how do you know all this? Just by looking well, at it. Yeah, that's amazing. No, I, I don't know. I don't know anything, but I love ebony and I love a beautiful maple top. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it is nice. It is really mm. lovely. Mm. And I, I mean, there were certain requirements I had, like with the, the, the scale length and, and the, the seventeen-inch body. It's a very um, long scale length, isn't it? Yeah, actually, I measured it after um, after we spoke the other night. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it's it's twenty five point seven. Oh, so God, it's, it's a it's lot, not, isn't it? It's even it's longer not, than like a, a Gibson L five, isn't it? It's a bit longer, right? Well, it's, it's it, there's just enough room to get your fingers in, you know. If you've got sausagey fingers like me, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, and it's quite a thin, not massive, a thin, thin body, body, yeah, like fifty five mil, something like that, yeah. So. Uh, you know, um, the old beer gut doesn't get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, please show us what you were going to show Oh, okay. Us. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, say uh, there's like A minor, uh, say if you play a, like an A minor arpeggio or something, A minor seven. Um, and then you can just play like a third up. Um, so A, B, C, C major, major seven. 
and then the third up from there, E. You know, you see what I mean? Yeah. Um, in fact, that's that's actually a lick off uh, one of his tunes. Did it tear it down? Yeah, sure. Or, 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 or something like that. Yeah. So, it, um, so rather than just just taking it down like blind, not blind, but like like parrot fashion and not mm. you know studying it, just like having a look at every, no, not 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 every aspect of it, but but just trying to get your own uh, sort of. Um, outlook on it and you know you know something that you can stuff in your bag and, and mm. stuff in your own bag Correct. Um, i mean i've heard you play you know several times live and you you don't sound like wes montgomery to me at all you really good yeah yeah you really established your own <laughs> sound yeah. well good I, I, you know it, 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 sometimes it's a case of feeding the lions you know like you know when uh when I was first starting out, like, like people want to put you in a in a box because they want to explain to their audience what yeah. they're about to hear. Mm. Oh, you know, a kind of blue notey kind of wears, you know, and it's, it's it's just a very easy thing to say. And and, and I guess I I moved towards that just because mm. I seem to be getting a lot of gigs and yeah. and I I became known as a as a as a sort of wesy guy, but I, I never really intended to be. Yeah, and I and I was less I was less that when I was younger. Yeah, much much less. You know, I was playing with sort of effects and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, all right. Before we go any further, can you choose a track of yourself playing a standard that we'll, we'll play now that we can we can fit in, which just is a good illustration of how you play that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, the track I'd like to choose. Um, this is very selfish of me because it's just me on my own. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's uh, the track is "If I Were a Bell," um, and it's from the uh, the first album um, of uh, Contrafacts, like um, uh, new tunes written over old old um, standard forms. Um, it's called "Heads Heads and Tails," um, and it's it's uh, like a guitar overdub duo. And I was just really pleased with the way that came out. It was. Um, it was it was the, it was the first one on on the uh, uh, there's like two albums there's um uh, it's a double album and the first side is the, the Hammond organ trio you know the Nigel Price organ trio with with Alex Garnett and then on the second disc it's just me playing those same tunes oh um but on on overdubbed guitars so mm. uh, and this this was the first one um of those and it, I was just really pleased with the way it came out mm. okay well let's let's have a listen to that then Thank you. 
Okay, so that was uh, Nigel Price and his uh, overdubbed version of uh, If I Were a Bell, a wonderful classic song. Um, okay, so Nigel, you were talking about uh, you were uh, based firmly on Wes Montgomery, but you, you you don't sound anything like Wes Montgomery. But the, the other thing that I was going to say is that um, you seem to me that you are very firmly as I said, a classic jazz guitarist, you don't, you're not known for doing lots of different things. I'm, I'm sure you enjoy lots of different music, but I think um, just deciding, well, I'm just going to do this. I think it's such a, a great thing because you're not worried about how's your sight reading or how's your funk rhythm guitar playing or whatever. <laughs> it's just, well, this is, this is what I do, you know? And yeah, I, I think yeah. it's, you know, I think it served you well, and and I think it's it's quite a common thing. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, I don't think Packard or Lucia played uh, anything but what he what he we, he's known for, and I don't think you know, uh, Yo Yo Ma or whatever. You know, like people in different fields. I think it's a very common thing. To go well, I'm I'm going to do this, but sure. it's not something that's talked about a whole lot. No, well, it um. I think I think you have to be quite tenacious, you know. I mean, you have to stick to your guns, and it's and that's I think that's almost the hardest thing, you know, um, to stick to your guns for decades because it is decades. I mean, it's yeah. uh, you know, I first I was I first formed my organ trio in in the year two thousand, and it's you know that was twenty years ago, and it's um and it feels like these days, uh, I don't know. You just you just you just have to stick with kind of like a brand name almost because people know what they're going to get and it's uh, um, and somehow yeah I, I guess it has paid off for I me mean, I've been up and down the UK what seven times on tour now which is I mean they're big tours as well the biggest one was fifty six dates bloody and what uh, your own band yeah and it's uh, <laughs> and that was an absolute slog yeah. that was in that was in 2016 and uh, that's that's the biggest one we ever did but there were other big ones there was a there was a 40 date a 48 date tour and so it yeah we we've just been up and up and down the country just um um and you know i mean i'm not the greatest guitarist in the world but but it's or or even in the uk or or probably even in my house but but you know but but the fact is is we've actually got got out on the road and you know we put some boots on the ground as it were and mm. uh, and then you know there was there was that one year that I did, um well the the british public voted me the best uk jazz guitarist and that and that counts for a lot man yeah i mean I'd, you know i was nearly in tears i couldn't believe it you know yeah and it's uh, there's no money in it, of course, but yeah. it was just you know just to just to you know have that kind of acknowledgement, um, even if even if it was you know just all my mates that voted for me. Huh? <laughs> no, but it's not that man. It's more like I mean those awards are more like peer respect really than anything else. Sort I of, think. sort yeah. of. But but it's like I mean what I'm saying is that really is that you could be an absolutely incredible guitarist, mm. but if you're not prepared to. To, to get in the car, put your amp in the car, and put your guitar in the car, and, and drive to Aberdeen yeah. or, or wherever, and, and, and go out and play for the play for the public, then it's it's just not going to happen for you, you know. Yeah, I know. I know it's easy to become a sort of not easy, but one can become an internet sensation these days. But you know, there's a lot to be said for actually being in the same room as as a player 
you know i mean it, 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 there's kind of no substitute for that i mean you know what i'm saying like like um you know you can see jim mullen or or or, or you know um for instance on 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 video but there's nothing like being in a room when you sure. hear that amazing yeah. tone and the presence of the guy and mm. you know it's uh, i think it just it, it counts for a lot um and it makes me feel sad that there there are no gigs at the moment yeah <laughs> you know yeah uh, it's, it's such a shame, you know that that electric feeling you get when you you sort of walk into a into a gig because I'm always late, of course, yeah. and uh, and it's just there's an incredible sound, there's amazing musicians, and you're like, whoa, you know, mm. it's like proper magic, and it's I mm. I really I really miss it. So, um, what do you listen to these days? Well, um, although people do think of me as a very kind of traditional guitar player, you know. Mm. Joe pa- I mean, Joe Pass is a massive he- hero mm. of mine, um, and I kind of wish that I'd never hit, never heard all of the all of the records because I mean I've got I think I've got everything that Joe Pass ever recorded. I've got everything that Wes ever recorded, and you do wear them out, you yeah. know, and, and 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 so you start looking for you know looking looking around. But um, so I have been back and checked out a lot, um, like Jimmy Rainey, you know, uh, Tal Farlow, um, uh, just I mean hordes of uh these uh, the kind of older guys because i really wanted to know about the heritage you know sure um and when i started doing that i thought oh yeah i'm just going to take a couple of years just to check out everything that's gone before not realizing that that is one of the deepest rabbit holes you can go sure and it's fantastic and what i found is that when i came back i got john schofield then yeah more more than uh had i had I not taken oh, the time okay. to check out the heritage, you know what I mean? And, yeah. it's, um, uh, and it makes you understand why Pat Metheny, you know, or why Pat Metheny, that's the end of the sentence. Sure. And it makes you un- understand why Kurt Rosenwinkel and, sure. and, and, and just the whole legacy. I do, I do buy contemporary um, yeah. music, you know, uh, Gil- Gilad Hexelman um, yeah. is, is amazing. Um, I think uh, Yessa Van Ruller from from yeah. Holland is absolutely killing. Yeah, he's astounding, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, um, he has got uh, a foot in both camps. He's uh, he's got the traditional thing, uh, the more traditional thing. I don't. Mm. It's, it's it's hard using that word in jazz. Not trad, traditional. Yeah, tr- um, classic modern jazz. Yes, yeah, classic modern jazz, yeah. and and he's got he's got the contemporary thing going on as well. Mm. But he's got such such a command of the instrument, and it's yeah. uh, it's absolutely breathtaking. Yeah. Um, Great time feel too, isn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, Jonathan Kreisberg, who yeah. I, um, uh, it's, it's it's quite a surprise actually. I've, I've ended up sort of knowing him personally. You know, mm. and, and we get on like a house on fire. Yeah, um, he's a real incredible uh, guitar player. Yeah. Um, last time he came over here, he came over. I came. I came over with uh, Nelson Varas, who's. Um, I mean, it's, it's 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 like it's coming from a different planet, man. Is that that guy is? I've so never unreal. heard of him. No, oh, is he, he's. Uh, I think he's like a sort of Brazilian French, um, kind of. Uh, I'm not sure of his heritage, so don't quote me on that. Well, yeah. I've, you don't foreign. have to quote me on that. Yeah. He's foreign. He's a foreigner. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got absolutely remarkable uh, mus- musicality. In Nelson, who um, Varas? Varas, yeah, it, it, he's incredible. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, is it La, uh, Lund? Yeah, I mean, he's, sure. He's an amazing guy. Yeah. I th- I th- there's loads of them. I mean, absolutely loads and loads yeah. of them. I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I, I will fully admit to not liking all of it. 
sure but, you know but these guys are really pushing the boundaries uh, um but i think the ones that i do like are the ones that that clearly have checked out the uh uh the legacy you know the heritage sure. of the music and and then applied their own uh, yeah. way of thinking yeah um you know, I don't like it too wishy-washy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> sure. No, not you mean. You seem to be, as I was uh, talking to you a couple of days ago, like you, um, you're pretty much an arch-top jazz guitar guy. Yeah. You don't, yeah. You don't really play with, uh, like, steel string, acoustic or classical or solid bodies much? I've got... I've got uh, I've got a steel strung acoustic. Well, actually, it's probably downstairs because my son keeps nicking my guitars. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I I use it once a year professionally. Oh, okay. You know, like uh, like for sessions or stuff like that. And it's um, yeah. I, I I mean, if it was up to me, I'd just have one instrument and yeah. that's it. Oh. Um But I I think I've got ten guitars. Um, mm. I'm only, I'm only allowed seven. But, um, <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got three of them hidden. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like you were saying um, the other day. It's the, it's 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 the actual response you get, not just not just from the sound, but somehow the actual. Whoops! I'll just bash the end of it. I told you I shouldn't have anything nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's. I mean, you can actually feel the sound coming through your abdomen. You know. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's, it, well, the arch top guitar. Yeah, definitely yeah. a different sensation. Totally. I mean, it, they might not be the loudest thing. You know, they're not as loud as a, as a nylon strung acoustic, for instance. Mm. But it's the it's the way that the contour fits into your body, and it actually mm. feels like part of you. You know, it's um, it's definitely for me, and it's uh, and it's it's actually a shame that um, uh, that I I can't use the acoustic sound on a gig. I mean, it's just not loud enough. The unamplified, yeah, top sound, yeah. I mean, I absolutely love it. I, I love practicing. I love practicing. You know, I wouldn't care if I never had an, uh, like another gig in my life. Well, I mean, I would, but I, but I would still <laughs> sure. be practicing. Yeah, because I, I, you know, I have a relationship with it, and it, and, th- and that sound is part of it. You know, just to hear that, you know, the way it bounces around in the room, and yeah. just the way it, it just it seems to come from everywhere. You know. So, um, do you write much? Uh, I only write out of necessity. Right. Um, and well, when you got an album coming out, <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, um, it's 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 always well, nearly always, um, unless I just happen to stumble across something. I think, oh, that would be good. Um, I, uh, it's always uh, born of the thought we need something like this in the set, okay, and and then it just comes out immediately, mm-hmm. um, and it it's 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 a very it's a very uh, objective look at it. I, I just think, okay, right, we need a shuffle, and it needs to be in this key. And uh, you know, okay, I know, who, just... <laughs> and it just comes out. It just flops out, blah, 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 and and it's, it happens really, really quickly. Okay. Fact, almost, almost too quickly to write down. And it's, and, and some, <laughs> sometimes I just video myself doing it, like with an iPad. You know, because I'm usually on Facebook anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just like jab, jab at the camera. Right here it is, and it just happens really, okay. really, really, really quickly. You know, mm. and then. Mm. Once you play it with a band, it can then evolve. Yeah. Um, you'll do, we'll do, we'll so would you, well, let, this sounds like a good cue for um, playing another track. Would you like to choose one of your original tracks? Well, play? sure, yeah, sure. I, I, um, uh, I guess um, just to finish off on the, on, on the composition thing, yeah. You know, I, um, I found that there was uh, I hit a rich seam um, of creativity once I decided to uh, write a. Um, 
uh, using the form of old standards, oh, okay. like writing, writing contrafacts on them. And um, one of the uh, one of the first ones that I used was Body and Soul. Um, and part of the reason why I used Body and Soul was because, um, and 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 it's 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 played as a fast swing. I mean, as you know, Body and Soul's a ballad, really. Um, but that was all to do with. I mean, this is all tied in. This is all to all to do with going back and looking at the legacy. You know, the way that Jimmy Rainey would suddenly break out of a, a ballad to suddenly go double time on Body and Soul. Wes Montgomery did that too, and and uh, oh, yeah. Louis um, Louis Stewart um, played it as mm. uh, played it as a medium swing on his Overdrive album. So it's it's all come from the legacy. Um, so I wrote a tune over this. I mean, it's not much of a tune really, but it's it's it was with the the whole trio. Um, plus sax player uh, in mind, um, written over Body and Soul, and I called it All In. All um, In. Yeah, which is like maybe a gambling reference, uh, you know, <laughs> going all in. Uh, I'm all for you, Body and Soul. Um, yeah. And there's a couple of recordings of this, uh, but the most recent one is um, I released it on the last album, which is called Live at the Crypt. Which oh, was re- it was I love recorded the Crypt. Down at, in Camberwell, I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, it's a spooky place, man. You know, you go down there and it there's is. the arches. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, I wouldn't want to be down there on my own. But but once it's, it's um, a wonderful place to play. Yeah, and 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 it was my birthday actually, and and uh, and it was the first time. Um, oh, I don't, I don't. I won't. I won't piffle on too much. But it, 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 there were loads of people there, and we mm. all had a, you know, all had a drink, and it was. Yeah. We just had a great. An absolutely barnstorming gig, mm. and we didn't actually know that we were being recorded. Oh, oh, um, yeah! The guy's we, got a good setup there. Yeah. He recorded one of my gigs. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's like, well, I, I mean, I think he'd mentioned it, but but it was, you know, there was no, you know, I didn't realise that we we could ever release it, and it, it, you know, once you once that pressure's taken off you, mm. you don't care about it. Yeah. Whereas if you set all the recording gear up yourself, everyone's yeah. scared to play a note, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's just basically all four of us just going for it. And it's, uh, oh. so this is, yeah, this is All In uh, from Live at the Crypt. Wonderful. Nigel Price with All In. Thank you. 
was Nigel's uh, variations on um, Body and Soul there, lo- recorded live at the uh, wonderful crypt at St. Giles Church, Camberwell. So um, just uh, one more thing I wanted to talk about is um, you uh, have got a, a family like like myself. Your kids are quite similar age to mine. The oldest one is 24, younger. That's right. Of three is 19. And, um, I mean, for me, I have to say, having a family has been the the greatest, you know, and, uh, you know, so interesting. It makes life interesting. Not It doesn't always make life easy, but it certainly makes (laughs) it. I just wonder how how, um, you feel about that and how it's affected your music and, yeah. Well, like I mean, getting I mean, a life, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's so many people these days that say, right, I'm going to have my career first and then I'm going to have the kids. Mm. And I just think that is such, I mean, it, I, of, of course, every circumstance is different, but I think that's such a cop out, man. You know, I've, I've enjoyed bringing, bringing my kids, my family to the gigs and, 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 and I've, I've, I've loved the fact that they've been immersed in music for as long as they can remember and they love that too they're all huge music fans um the way it directly affected my life positively um was uh before the first one was even born because when bianca was pregnant the first time i was terrified that i wasn't going to get the time to practice so i thought well well, i've got to do it now (laughs) so um and I really got this system of uh, together. It was like it was all to do. Maybe this is a bit too specific, but it was it was all to do with position playing, mm-hmm. like um, restricting uh, the areas on, on 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 the guitar to like groups of five frets. But um, uh, and I'd go out for like three hours every morning to a metronome and and just practice this stuff just every single day, and I I never missed a day. Um, and then the baby came along, and of course the world turns upside down. You know, you don't know what's going on. But then a couple of weeks later, um, I thought, okay, I'm going to try and sneak out there and see what anyone's <laughs> just see if anyone says anything. And no one said a word. It would just become such a, um, uh, uh, what's what's the word? Um, a routine um, that people were just used to it, and I was used to it. So I just carried on doing it, and. Um, and it's it's stuck to this day actually. Every every single morning, that's the very first thing I do. Just nail as, as much time as I can. You know, usually sort of two or three hours. Very first thing, and then so I get all that guilt out of the way. Yeah. You know, before anything else, and then um, I mean I get up quite early anyway. But you know, sometimes by eleven by eleven a.m. I've nailed three hours practice. Yeah. And then so uh, and then whatever else happens during the day. You know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, it's a hard thing to describe, but I felt myself, I felt the music, the nature of music for me, the music that I was playing really changed when I had kids. The feeling that I had as a musician mm. changed very deeply when I had kids. And there was something about, I found, I felt like I was playing in a more intimate way that was more like... Um, I suppose more true to myself, more like just being myself kind of thing. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's what that was my. Yeah. Experience. I mean, well, what I'm saying is, did you find your music or your playing changed at all as a result? 
No. In a word. Sure. <laughs> That's because I'm a heartless, a heartless old git. You don't. No, it's... <laughs> 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 um, no I... I I'll tell you what did change, um, mm. and that's that I, I wouldn't work for nothing anymore. Right. Um, because it, it was, uh, you know, every time I left the house, I was mm. leaving I was leaving Bianca with the kids, you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, and, and it's hard work. I mean, you know, to look after, um, to look after kids, especially yeah. three kids. I mean, that's, it's, um, so I, I had to justify um, why I was leaving the house. Um, well, you know, not, not every time, but, but, but in general, um, I had to I had to justify my work, so there's, uh, you know, the, the sort of silly little things I used to do for nothing and recordings for nothing, or just hanging out and getting drunk and staying on someone's sofa or whatever, or, you know, that all that stopped, and I, I suddenly became much more businesslike about it. Yeah, and it it kind of I almost felt like it got me into trouble to start with, mm. because I, you know, I'd, I'd I'd have to say to someone I knew quite well, I'm sorry, mate, I I can't do this for nothing. Yeah, well, I'm not I'm I'm not driving to there for thirty quid or whatever. You know, I'm just not yeah. going to do it anymore. Mm. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get people saying, "Oh, it's too big for your boots now." You know, but uh, <laughs> too big know, for those particular <laughs> boots, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it, but actually, it sort of did me a lot of favors because it's. Yeah. I, I think once people know that you're serious about this, mm. then you know that if you regard yourself as a professional, then people treat yourself. Uh, the people treat you as a professional. Mm. Well, that's the idea, anyway. Mm. Uh, but I think it's worked out. Excellent. Okay, well, I think that's about it, Nigel. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Is there an album you'd like to promote? Or, or, um, well, or I, I, do you know, I wish there was an album um, mm. because uh, I, I had all, all the, you know, these great plans to record um, uh, this body of work that I've that I've arranged, and it's uh, it was it's, it's uh, the recordings, um, uh, well, the compositions of Wes Montgomery uh, put to different feels. But then the lockdown came, and I just haven't made the album. Mm. So what what I've had to do instead is is, uh, is try and generate some kind of online income. So I've I've um, started up a Patreon site, which is oh, like have a, you? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's, it's it's like a it's like a subscription based thing, and there's different tiers of payment. So mm. uh, like two pound fifty, and you you can see my uh, my album reviews and recommendations. Very sort of honest John reviews. You know, if I don't like something, I'll tell you not to buy it. Yeah. Um, uh, and by the same token, if I love an album, I say you have to have this one. Are oh, you reviewing um, other people's albums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, uh, yeah. like you know, the, uh, I've got the entire discography of Joe Pass, Wes Montgomery, George Benson. Uh, did I say Kenny Burrell? Um, and I'm I'm halfway through Jimmy Rainey at the moment. It takes a long time, you know. Um, and I've also kept everything that was ever filmed of 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 the band. You know, like when people come and give you DVDs and CDs, I've okay. got all that. So. So I'm slowly uploading that. And so I've this is some... all on your Patreon site. Yeah. So and, I don't and... really know Patreon. Is it? Does it have a particular? Is it name your Patreon page? Yeah. Well, I, um, I mean, you just go there and you enter Nigel the Jazzer, and oh, it's okay. uh, and, and you come up with me. I, I, um, just to finish off, at, at, uh, the top tier is uh, I've I've done about uh, ten um, tuition videos, quite long tuition videos, you know. So. Um, yeah, and, and and hopefully that that will keep the wolf from the door. Oh, good. Excellent. So, um, I mean, if everyone gave me one p, <laughs> every if everyone in the world gave me one p, I'll be loaded. Everyone... Right. Okay. <laughs> well, that's something to aim for. Everyone in the world give me one p. Well, it doesn't quite work. Well, yeah. 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 Well, um, that's great, Nigel. Well, uh, very interesting talking to you. Fantastic. So, um. 
so please have a listen to Nigel's music online and check out his um, Patreon page and look out for him in your neighbourhood. Um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you, as always. Thanks so much, Carl. Yeah. It's, 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 been, it's been great fun. Yeah. Okay, bye. All right, cheers, mate. See ya. I really hope you enjoyed this interview today with Carl Orr and Nigel Price. What a fantastic session that was. I really enjoyed... Uh, most of all, I think, Nigel's wonderful sense of humour. He really got me laughing out loud quite a few times. He's got that great British wit that um, that I really resonate with. So, uh, so yeah, it was great to have uh, Carl and him uh, discussing all things jazz guitar on the show today. And make sure if you enjoyed listening to this show today, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. It would mean a lot and help spread the message and get the word out there about this show. Remember to subscribe to this show to be informed of new episodes on whatever podcast platform that you're listening on right now and also make sure that you check out fretdojo.com that's my website which has a whole bunch of resources about how to improve your jazz guitar playing there's youtube videos uh, blog posts courses that you can enroll in as well a whole lot of stuff there completely laid out for you as a pathway to improve your skills so make sure you check that out okay guys well i'm looking forward to hanging out with you in the next episode of fretdojo.com bye for now and have a great week Thanks for listening. For lessons, resources, and free stuff to take your guitar playing to the next level, visit www.fretdojo.com.